You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. I hope everyone enjoyed the NFL draft this past weekend. Now we are going to start to look at some guys that you're, you'll be hearing about in the future NFL draft. We do that here at 24-7 Sports. You can get all the latest, all the VIP scoop on your favorite teams, the recruits that they are targeting, and you can do that over at 24-7 Sports. A lot of content this past weekend. We had the Under Armour Baltimore camp series stop we're gonna have a, a a guest from brian doan to discuss some of the top performers there and a couple of big notable names as well as some other prospects that he's been talking to recently that that are notorious and have a lot of uh, big time attention across the country before we get to brian though i want to remind you that please leave a review please rate us five stars and also follow us wherever you find your podcast a lot of commitments have been happening and a lot of official visits have been scheduled across the country as we head into that summer dead period ending beginning the first day of June. So make sure you stay locked in at 247sports.com for all the VIP scoop and recruiting info. Now we're going to our guest line and and he just got back from Europe because he's been protesting the Super League. <laughs> that would be our resident soccer expert, Brian Doan. So so what'd you do, Brian? Did, did you go full face paint? Did you have the flares? What? How'd you, how'd you go about it? Well, first of all, I'm too tired to travel to Europe right now. My kids would want to go, so I need them to get older so they don't want to go with me. But, I mean, you can see that, I mean, this Super League thing was such a disaster from the beginning. And, you know, for people that don't understand it, just imagine in the NFL that you get like the Packers, the Giants, the Patriots, Dallas, who decide to go form their own league. All right. But they don't tell anybody else that's going on and as a matter of fact jerry jones just does it on his own and doesn't bring it up to anybody in the organization i mean it was i mean look there's a people with a lot of money that are very smart people and it always amazes me that smart people can be just so dumb and so the great thing about soccer or football as we like to call it across the pond is there's ramifications from this man there's going to be you know teams are going to get fined the protesters you know the teams from man the, the supporters from man united broke into the stadium and were on the field and lighting off flares so they had to cancel the game yesterday i mean you want to talk about the ultimate money grab because instead of making you know a billion dollars they were only making 500 million because of the pandemic i mean holy cow you you want to talk and i've always said it man i've covered pro sports don't ever forget that pro sports first and foremost is always about money you never have the guy going to the team who paid third you know well he was the that was the third most they offered no it is always to the place they always love the place the most that offered the most money and i have no issue with that because that's what pretty much everybody else would do in their line of work so I, I just it's, a whole mess though. It's a it's a business and, and I understand that. I did see a lot of comparisons to the college football playoff, right? I think naturally yeah. people are looking at the elite of the elite trying to form kind of a, a, a way or a simpler way to the most money. And and you know, when you're thinking about the college football playoff, you think automatically it's gonna be Alabama. 
It's going to be Clemson. It's going to be Ohio State. And then, you know, a mixture there of uh, Oklahoma right. or, or Notre Dame or, or whoever else is, yeah, is kind throw of in hot Georgia. Team. Sure. Yeah. yeah the, the hot yeah. team that year. Yeah. But that's what the Super League essentially was, right? The the top teams from some of the better domestic leagues. And it was leaving some of the, the other teams kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're, they were leaving them hang uh, hang out to dry in, in a way, right? Monetarily. Uh, and that would affect not, I think, I was the prestige. Say, not in a way. I mean, they were they were basically saying, hey, we're going to do this. So the best players come here. And so you don't have a chance to compete with us. And because we're doing this, we're never going to compete with you in this tournament anyway. That was a mess. It was, it was a joke. Imagine fans storming the big house, right? Because that Indiana-Michigan game is no longer happening. Well, no, uh, but but you know what? They would be storming the big house. Not only would they storm the big house because the Michigan-Indiana game isn't happening, they would be doing it on the weekend that Michigan's playing Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's what a, happened very with good Man point. U and Liverpool. Very good point. All right, that's enough football slash soccer talk, Brian. Let's get into one of the biggest reasons why you're on this podcast, and that's to discuss Eni White. You saw him recently. He's a top 10 prospect in the country in the 2022 class, a big-time edge rusher from the Philadelphia area. What makes him so special? What makes him a top 10 prospect nationally? First of all, there's so many things that go into it when you're looking at his his length, his size, you know, 6'5", 235-ish, his agility, his ability to change direction, his explosion when he fires off at the snap of the ball. You know, I, I saw him early in his sophomore season and he was really good, right? But but at that point, you're talking about potential and where he can go. And, and you're still talking about potential to a degree, but here we are now. They did not play in Philadelphia in the fall. So they're going to play in the spring and I'm getting ready to go down to their first game. He texts me, he breaks a rib. He's out. So it looked like he was out for the whole spring. Then they get ready to play their last game against Northeast. And he texts me a few days before he goes, Hey, just want to let you know, I'm going to play. So well, I can't wait to go down and watch him play. You know, this is a top 10 player. So you, you want to see that talent level and, and see how it's developed. And, and what I saw was at the snap, look, he, he's pure speed off the edge, right? So at the snap, he's getting up the field and they're running, you know, between the guard and the tackle. He's trying to go outside the tackle and he figures this out after a couple plays. And now he's tracking back and he's and he's just able to get back and, and fill the gap and, and make the tackle. But you just see his quickness, his change of direction, his speed to run down a play, everything that Northeast was doing to stop an eye what it was based on what he can do with speed off of the edge. And when you have that, you can't teach it. it it's the, the pure athleticism and he's a former basketball player. And so, you know, he also has the good footwork and everything. He's just got to, he's got to work on some moves, whether it's a club, a swim, you know, even a spin, just something different. So it's not just speed and he's getting better with using his hands and, and making sure that the offensive lineman can't engage him as much, but he is so quick and his ability to change directions and kind of, you know, almost like when you think of those cats, when you watch those nature shows and they can just, you know, jump so far, he can cover so much ground so quickly when he changes directions. It's really impressive to watch. I, I loved seeing it. 
And we've seen how important that edge position has become in the NFL. And obviously we're fresh off the NFL draft where I think everyone discusses the background for some of these players, right? The athleticism, how they develop some of these skills. And and obviously him being a basketball player in his past, a, a hooper per se, I think it obviously translates well with his change of direction, his ability to kind of generate that momentum and, and that burst and, and to get into the backfield. Obviously a very impressive player, six five. 230 Eni White, the number six overall prospect in the 24-7 sports rankings, number two among weak side defensive ends in the 2022 class, and that is according to the 24-7 sports composite, the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite. We're joined by Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDoan247. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. Now, Eni White, his recruitment is going to be one of those fascinating ones to, to track, right? He's a top 10 national prospect and these are heavyweight fights these are heavyweight battles between some of those programs that might be super league members in college football in college football terms but he has set some official visits and there is obviously a a lot to discuss there with Eni White what's the latest buzz what's the latest that you're hearing on his recruitment Brian yeah, I, I think you, you hit it on the money when you say that, you know, his recruitment's interesting to track. And it's been that way for a while, right? I mean, I remember talking to him in the winter and he was getting ready to, to trim a list and then put some schools out there. But, you know, when you look at it, you're, you're talking about visits. And, and right now he has four official visits set up and, and it's going to start Florida you know, with Florida that first weekend of June, June 4th. And it's a huge weekend for Florida. It's also a big weekend for an I white to get down there. And you know, he likes what Florida's is telling him in terms of how he can play free and loose, you know, kind of like as an edge rusher, drop into coverage, also go get the quarterback. So he really connects well with Dan Mullen too. So he'll get down there June 4th. The next week, June 11th, he's supposed to be at Georgia. He was going between Georgia and Clemson, didn't know which one he was going to officially visit. Clemson kind of really helped make the decision for him because Clemson's not doing official visits in June. And I'm sure plenty of people on here know Clemson kind of does their own thing with official visits and, and the way they recruit. They don't offer a ton of kids. So, you know, Anai White going to go check out Georgia on the 11th. He already knows DeAndre Swift, who played there from the Philadelphia area. Mark Webb from the Philadelphia area played at Georgia. Tyke Smith, who was at the game I went to when Imhotep beat Northeast. Tyke Smith played at Imhotep. Went to West Virginia. He's transferring to Georgia. So, and I knows Ty Key, so we can get the inside scoop on what goes on with Georgia. After that, he's going to go to Alabama. And listen, if you if you just Google, you know, Zoom call in an I White Alabama, you'll be able to find that twenty four seven sports story on how uh, some of that leaked out. And you see how impressive Nick Saban is in talking to recruits. But you know, Nia White also likes how Alabama develops defensive linemen and edge guys to the NFL. So he'll be there. And then the last weekend of June, he's set to visit Ohio State. And Ohio State's different in the sense that everybody else is talking to him maybe as a hybrid kind of drop into cover Judge Rusher. Ohio State's talking to him about, hey, you can be the next Chase Young. And, you know, kids love to hear that. They may not know of Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa, maybe a little while for them, but Chase Young, especially in this part of the country where, where Chase Young's playing about two hours south of Philadelphia down in D.C., everybody knows Chase Young. And so he's excited by that. But, you know, when I t- spoke to Anai after his game, he told me that all of a sudden A&M had picked up the interest. And that makes sense because A&M, Elijah Robinson, a D-line coach, he came into the region 
last couple cycles and landed some kids. I mean, especially on a defensive line. So there's that aspect of it. They they got two kids out of Philadelphia Northeast in the last cycle with Tariq Chappelle and um, Elijah Judy. And, you know, so, so Elijah Robinson is really well known in the area. And so one thing I can tell you is when Elijah Robinson gets involved with kids from the Philadelphia or South Jersey area, the idea is, uh-oh, Elijah's involved. That means A&M will have a real chance. So he, he that surprised me when he told me after the game that, that A&M was involved. And then, you know, Oregon's been involved for a while, too. And he really likes the coaching staff at Oregon. Now, it's a bit out there, you know, other side of the country, not the easiest place to get to. But through the Zooms and what Anais told me, you know, he's really interested in, and he wants to figure out a way to get there. And look, he's got four officials set. So there's only one more that he can really take. Does he wait and try to get to Clemson in the fall? Does he decide, hey, I'm going to shoehorn another one in for a midweek visit in June? And that's where, you know, another school can pop in. Or, you know, does he make a decision in the summer and then, hey, man, this game looks really good. I think I'm going to go check out this game in the fall anyway at whatever school it's at. So I think this is a really interesting recruitment to watch. It's going to be very fascinating. You already outlined the four official visits. He's got one that he still needs to set to lock up the five slots. But you mentioned it, right? This is a player who could commit in the summer heading into his senior year. And then you're the one having to chase all, all the information down because Eni White might make it to another campus, might make it out to another game, maybe while he's already committed to a school. And that's what happens with this caliber of player. They hold all the leverage. These types of players can drag out their process until signing day, until even the traditional signing day in February. And with Eni White having over 40 scholarship offers and, and being as highly coveted as he is, um, obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't knock him for you know going through every every possible scenario. And, and and like you mentioned, he hasn't been out to some of these schools. And so for him to be able to schedule some and, and look ahead and, and possibly leave that fifth spot open, I think is probably the most interesting part of this. Yeah, it is. And, and I think leaving the fifth spot open is really intriguing, like you mentioned, because it's always going to be hanging there if he does make a decision in the summer. And look, I, I, if he's committed and decides to go visit, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's fine. You're entitled to do whatever you want, however you want to handle it. And a lot of times kids will commit and tell schools, hey, I'll commit, but I still want to take a visit. And schools will be like, okay, that's cool. And, and that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but that, that happens more than, than a lot of people think. And then the other part of it is, you know, he and the rest of the 22 class, you know, when we went through the 21s and they couldn't visit places, a lot of them had at least got to campuses at some point to check out some schools before the shutdown. These 22s haven't been on campuses for, you know, your traditional unofficials or official, you know, visits for what 15 months it's going to be and so he needs to get out and see these places and when he goes and visits he's going to hear you know not only how much they love him but hey we need you to get on board you'll help with the rest of the class or hey spots are filling up and you know we'll save one for you but there's no guarantees so there's pressures from that too but hey he should make the decision when he's comfortable with it and Hey, if that's on signing day in December, great. If it's on signing day in February, great. If he wants to wait and just enroll somewhere, you know, in the summer of 2022, more power to you. Whatever you're most comfortable with as a prospect, 
that's what you should do and do it on your time frame. Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State set to draw official visits from Eni White next month in that order, and plenty of other programs still in contention for one of the top edge rushers in the country. For all the latest on Eni White and his recruitment, make sure you stay locked in at 247sports.com. We're going to be back with more from Brian Doan. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We've reached that point of the year where there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of sports going on at once, which is why we wanted to tell you about the CBS Sports app and how it's not just the best scoring app for your phone, but it's also where you get breaking news alerts, stories by us, standings, schedules, team pages, and all the sportsy digital stuff you are used to. And of course, if a game is airing on CBS, that means it's streaming on the CBS Sports app. That's easy, right? Download it, re-download it if it's got that little cloud logo next to it on your phone. And you know we love those five-star ratings, so don't hesitate to drop one for the app. We are joined by Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDoan247. He's a national recruiting analyst for 247sports.com. We already broke down one top 100 prospect in the country in Eni White. We're going to get into another one. That would be Jalen Sneed. He's a top 100 linebacker from the state of South Carolina, just named a top five of Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Oregon, and Tennessee. So, Brian, a few other Super League contenders there for Jalen Sneed. <laughs> yes, there are. And that Super League was also going to add five teams every year. So we've got a chance for others, too, who may but I mean, I think this is going to be a thing. This is going to be a thing now. I <laughs> it mean, is, I'm, it is. I, I always joke on this podcast <laughs> that I'm going to send something to the presses and get maybe some shirts made. But this is this has really good yeah. potential. Yeah, no, without question, without question. Just go copyright it. But uh, listen, the thing about Jalen Sneed is, you know, there's a feeling he that Notre Dame is the school right now. And it's really interesting. I was joking around with him. He's taken a, his official visit to Notre Dame is a midweek one on June 14th, right? So I think that's... Um, if my math is, re- if I'm remembering, I think that's a Monday, like a Monday. And, and here's the thing. Wednesday and here's the thing. I'll stop you right there because the thing about midweek official visits is everyone's going to wonder, oh, why? Why is that special or why is that different? Here's the, here's the difference. He might be the only guy on campus. And so when there's a midweek official visit, that means he's very VIP, very exclusive, doesn't have to worry about other prospects being on campus with him. And the coaches get a lot more one-on-one time during a midweek official visit. Yeah. So there's a few things about that um, that I was going to hit on. And that's one of them. The other thing is, listen, we're still dealing with COVID in this country. And when you're bringing a bunch of kids in, you're in a group. You know, we'll see how the schools handle it, how they keep them separated. If they keep them separated, do they test them before they get there? We'll, we'll find all that stuff out. But if you're rolling in on the 14th, you're kind of, you know, put yourself a little bit in a bubble in that way too. So you can really digest everything and not, you know, be distracted sometimes about how things could, could impact your weekend. But I think that's important. But he's only, you know, he, he listed his top five. He wants to decide by the start of his senior season in South Carolina, that senior season starts like in mid-August, right? So 
he's going to decide. You have June, then it looks like July will be a dead period in August. So June is really important to him. He's been to Notre Dame already to look around the campus, self-guided tour. He's been to Tennessee, self-guided tour. He looked around there. He really likes the feel of each coaching staff that you mentioned, but he really in particular mentioned to me the feel he got from the Tennessee and Notre Dame coaching staffs and the familiarity that he has. I mean, Blair, you know, if if you've been to, to cities and so when you're having discussions with people, you at least have a frame of reference. And it's the same thing with these kids with colleges. He's never been to Oklahoma. He's never been to Oregon. He's never been to A&M. And he wants to visit those three schools. And, you know, his mom's from Texas, so he really wants to check them out. But the idea that Notre Dame and Tennessee can talk to him about different things he experienced on campus is important. And that's why I think, you know, you look at Oklahoma, can he get out there for a visit? Can he get to Oregon for a visit? Can he get to AM? I think those are things that are really important in his recruiting. If he starts scheduling those official visits, then maybe Notre Dame has more work to do than we think. Yeah. And, and the thing about the schools that he's already familiar with, it's kind of like an elevator pitch in a way, right? Where you're on an elevator, someone's telling you about something. If you have interest or if there's some familiarity there, you might ask more questions or you might take that that business card. But if you if you don't really know things, you, you don't really have kind of that frame of, of reference, right? To kind of maybe ask a little bit more to figure out whether you like it or, or whether you want to, uh, you know, get more information. So um, if you, like you said, if he starts scheduling some of these other official visits, I think it could even drag things out a bit more because I'm, I'm sure Notre Dame would want him to get back on campus for, for you know, the possible fall, fall season or for, you know, maybe to him to experience a little bit more of what he already knows. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, I, I was joking with him. I said, yo, you should just make that midweek visit to Notre Dame. I mean, the kid lives in Hilton Head, South Carolina. So, I mean, that's like a vacation hotspot. I'm like, of course you want to be home for the weekends. Most people want to go on trips. It's like a free vacation and everything. I said, you live in Hilton Head, man. You don't need to go anywhere on the weekends. You're you're already where you need to be. So I, I think, though, in checking out these other school, until he visits somewhere else or, or, or schedules a visit somewhere else, I should say, until he does that, I mean, you just have to look at it and say Notre Dame's the leader. Yeah, Jalen Sneed, top 100 outside linebacker, uh, one of the best prospects in the state of South Carolina. And, and in that region, you could head over to 24-7 Sports for all the VIP quotes that Jalen Sneed gave to Brian Doan about some of the suitors uh, in his recruitment. Brian, before we, we go and we you know maybe go put on the, the face paint again and, and bring out the torches and, and, and figure out how we're going to protest this Super League, you were at the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Baltimore, and there's a few players that that we need to touch on that would be Denis Dennis Sutton and a couple others you know first of all let, let's get the rundown on on Dennis Sutton and where he stands with his recruitment and kind of what you're hearing there listen man he's one of those kids you know Blair when sometimes we do uh those all lobby teams when we have check-ins for like the Under Armour game or the All-American Bowl or yeah it's sure. like that that uh, the, when they come off yeah. the bus right like yeah, yeah, the yeah, all yeah, yeah, the all yeah, yeah. the all well, uh, runway team yeah 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 and and so you know deny Dennis Sutton from Owens Mill McDonough yeah yeah he he may be the alpha dog of that I mean he is a impressive looking kid you know six four to six five probably leaning more towards six five two fifty strong side defensive end just absolutely fantastic uh frame 
And then he goes out and, and you watch him go through the drills and his ability to move and bend and his foot speed and his ability to get around the edge and some one-on-ones where he can, you know, not only dip the shoulder, but he's got that ankle flexibility that really lets him get low. Well, he, he's impressive and Look, he, he can go pretty much anywhere he wants to in a country. He's got an official to Georgia on June 4th, an official to Penn State on June 11th, and an official to Bama on June 18th. Penn State is a pipeline school with McDonough. They've, they've sent plenty of kids there. PJ Mustafer, Curtis, Jacobs, Devon Ellies. Um, they have a really good relationship there. They do a good job recruiting that school and the, and the kids that go to McDonough, have success at Penn State and enjoy it. So Penn State's in a really good spot. But you know, I mentioned the three officials, but he's also talking about North Carolina as a possible official visit. And, and I think that's something that's really interesting to watch because North Carolina, you know, with Mac Brown and what they've done in recruiting has really, they've really elevated the type of prospect that they're going after. And, you know, another kid at the camp was Andre Green, who was our alpha dog, a receiver. He's got an official going to North Carolina and Green is from Virginia. He's a really good looking kid just in terms of size and length. But, you know, Deny Dennis Sutton is here and hey, North Carolina is recruiting these kids. The campus is gorgeous. The academics are great. And the coaching staff, they, they bond really well, and, and kids love the coaching staff, especially the effort that Mac Brown puts into recruiting. So for me, I, I'm kind of curious. Look, they're, they're, a, they're a sleeper in this one, so I don't want to raise expectations too much, but keep an eye on that. And then he's also talking about a visit to USC. And, you know, I spoke before about Alabama and their presence in the Northeast. Well, a lot of the same thing with USC, you know, Blair, I lived out in LA during the Pete Carroll glory days. And those Pete Carroll glory days at USC are what these parents remember and they tell their kids about it. And so USC has kind of like this allure to kids. And now it drives me crazy that the kids here call it Cali because I don't know anybody out there that called it Cali. We right? definitely don't call it Cali. Right. And it, it drives me insane when I, every kid out here is, oh man, if any of the Cali schools want to recruit me, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, we, no, no. Is that just the Tupac influence there, right? With, with his song yeah, and I, I, I guess I, I don't know because I haven't really asked because I cringe every time I hear it. Because like I said, living out there for as long as I did, I don't remember anybody ever calling it that. But the point is there's, there's an allure about USC and he's talking to USC. And Anai White was talking to USC for a while, and they kind of slacked off a little bit with them. But they also have the connection with Vic Soto, the D-line coach at USC, who was at Virginia. So he's got contacts in this area. And so everybody knows Vic here. So there's that kind of – but, you know, listen, you get a kid out to USC – and you walk them around that campus. I mean, shoot, man, I remember going with my wife and kids. We would just go have lunch in the Rose Garden, like a little picnic at SC. It's a great campus. And so I, I never rule SC out. And keep in mind, they came and got Colin Mobley a couple of classes ago, too. So they have a presence here. So so keep that in mind. I, you know, But Dennis Sutton, he, he stood out. But keep an eye on what goes on with his recruitment. Derek Moore was another player that yeah. obviously opened some eyes and, and 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 is getting a lot of that recruiting attention right now. He was at the Under Armour Baltimore camp, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, just three of the, the schools that are in the mix there. Uh, Oklahoma, by the way, coming off of co- a commitment from four-star linebacker Kip Lewis, uh, continuing their trend upward on the defensive side of the ball. We know what the Sooners like to do on offense, but it seems like they have been putting more of an emphasis on that defensive side 
side just shoring themselves up for the Super League. But Brian, <laughs> what's the latest there on, on Derek Moore, what you're hearing, and, and what the buzz could be? Yeah, it's nice to see Derek because you don't get a chance to see him much. He plays at Baltimore, St. Francis. They didn't play in the fall, had a few games here in the spring with kind of like half a team. They're, you know, they're, they're a top five program in the country usually. So lots of talent there. And he does not do a ton of interviews. Nice kid, very gracious. It's just not his gig. So he told, he said that, you know, Oklahoma, Penn State, and Ohio State were the three showing him the most love. He's trying to get a visit out to Oklahoma, an official visit for Oklahoma in September, an official for a whiteout game at Penn State. Penn State is not settled on who that would be. Auburn and Michigan are the two favorites because I don't really see a whiteout game against, I think, Indiana. And then, you know, Ohio State, he'll work on that too. But I, I would think if Alabama wants to get involved and Alabama has recruited that school with some success in the past, I would think a couple others will get involved with him. It'll be interesting, but you know, he's, he's a six, he's much like uh, Denai Dennis Sutton, same kind of build, really explosive, really flexible through his frame, still has plenty of room to grow from a frame. He told me he was about 255, 260. And yo, man, if I could look half as good as that at 260, you got to be kidding me. I mean, he, he looked like he was 230. He carries it well. He's got great length. But I think he's a kid that is going to take a while to do this. And, you know, for a while, it looked like Oklahoma was the school. Like in the fall and early winter, you were hearing rumblings that maybe he could commit there. But he hasn't really had a chance to go anywhere. He told me the only school he visited was Penn State for an eighth grade all-star game. So it's been a while for him to get out and, and see some schools. So I could see more coming into the mix with him. But again, he's not a kid that wants to spend a ton of time on the phone talking to coaches all the time either. But just keep an eye on some if some others get in the mix. Brian Doan, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDone247. And by the way, there's that big LA Galaxy LAFC match this coming weekend. So if that gets canceled, we know who who's kind well, of leading some of the protests there. Well, listen, listen. The Galaxy should be well-rested because they did not show up to play Seattle. I get home from Baltimore Sunday. You know, it, it's a three-hour ride. So it's a Sunday. So that means it's a five-hour ride with traffic. You know, you know, think of going, you know, for you, Blair, San Diego to LA on like a, you know, a Sunday night. But so I get home. I'm like, all right, get my work done. Put the Galaxy game on. I mean, they were god-awful. So they should be well-rested for this game. All right. El Trafico. <laughs> El Trafico. Brian, thank you so much for joining us as always. Can't wait to do it again. Thanks, Blair. All right. That is Brian Doan, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. That will do it for us today. Make sure you check back later this week for another episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. <laughs>